Hi there, and welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. If you're here looking for episode 9, you're in exactly the right place. I'm Randall, an alcoholic and your host, and I want to tell you that episode 9 is nothing but fine. I had breakfast with Jane at the Three Decker Diner on 2nd Avenue. She's 22 years old and is pretty brand new to the program with four months of sobriety. It's fascinating to get her perspective on early sobriety, and you're definitely going to want to pour yourself a cup of coffee and join us. Welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic, Jane. It's really great to meet you today. It's great to meet you, Brandy. And we're here at uh, Three Deckers Restaurant, Diner, and General Store that says in the sign, which is a first. We have not been here before for Breakfast with an Alcoholic. Thanks for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I am Jane. Mm -hmm. I am an alcoholic. Um, I am 22. I have been sober for about four months now. Um, I am a talent manager for digital talent, like YouTubers, bloggers, influencers, all that jazz. So tell me when you um, started drinking and using. When I was 14, I started drinking. I didn't start using until, I didn't start using cocaine until I was in college. Um, But I started drinking when I was 14. And how did that first drink happen? You know what, Randy? It's really funny that you asked me that because I hear a lot of people qualify and they remember their first drink and how they felt and and this like I don't want to call it a magic moment, but this this standout moment. And I don't remember my first drink. I don't remember having this like I have arrived moment. I don't remember what I drank or where I was. Do you remember at fourteen? realizing that you drank differently than your friends? Yes. I mean, that has always been my thing from the time I was 14 till when I was 21, 22, that I could outdrink everybody. <laughs> like, I, and that's where I was noticing that I was drinking differently. Like, I would always black out, first of all, and <clears throat> my friends wouldn't black out. I just remember being able to drink so much more. Like, how can you do this? And I was like, I don't know, I'm a boss-ass bitch. That's how I can do it. <laughs> It's reflecting back on I wasn't that cool, but you think you are so cool when you're 14 and you can do that. So I get to college. Now I'm not under the watchful eye of my mom. Um, One thing that everybody knows about me is my mom's father was an alcoholic. So, yeah. So it runs in the family. Yes. He had 23 years sober before he died. Yeah. So my mom is very familiar with the program and the warning signs of alcoholism. So... When I was in high school, it was a lot of, you know, sneaking around. My mom thinks in bed. I'm, I'm in bed, and I'm really passed out in a baseball field. Like, all those things. But then you go to college, and you don't have that watchful eye anymore. And so I was at the clubs, and I would love to, you know, be at the club and then find my way to a dive bar. I loved a good dive bar. Um, and I would fall into piles of trash. Um, but it got me in trouble. Like, I never... I never got arrested, I never got a DUI, I never got any, I never went to rehab or anything, but I was really hurting people around me. I was an angry drunk, so I would black out and not remember the horrible things that I was saying to people, and then you do the detective work in the morning, and, and I'm like, why do all these people not like me right now? And then you look at your phone. Oh, fuck, that's why. Oh, I said that. Yeah. Did I really do that? And then people, like, repeat back to you, like, the things that you did. I apparently was notorious for standing on top of, like, booths at the club. Right. How did you come in? 
I celebrate Vegas January 1st. So I went out for New Year's, totally normal night. I don't remember the Uber home. I don't remember getting pizza. I couldn't, there's two doors to get into my building, one from the street, the vestibule, and then one to get into the actual building. I couldn't get in the second door. I kept dropping my keys. Eventually I just gave up. I laid down in the middle of the vestibule. It wasn't a cute little fetal position kind of a thing. It was like sprawled out in the vestibule. I don't remember getting into my apartment. I woke up on the floor as per usual. But that morning I woke up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I, I know where I need to go. And I swear to God, it was my grandfather was just like the wind beneath my feet guiding me to the 79th Street workshop. Yeah. And I didn't want to go, but I knew where I needed to. And it was just like he was pushing me. And I walked in and I never walked back out. People don't necessarily know where the 79th Street workshop is. It's named because it's in the basement of St. Monica's Church, which is on 79th Street. Yeah. Um, but it's not the most beautiful entrance in the world. So you stand there in front of this beautiful church and it's this dingy little staircase. So when you're walking down that staircase for the first time for your first AA meeting, what were you thinking? And I just remember being like, oh my God, like I can't believe I'm walking down here right now. And then there was a lovely gentleman named Michael, he he caught me before I could panic and leave, and so we walked in together. I said to somebody else, "I'm new and I'm having a panic attack," and um, and it was kind of just higher power in AA from yeah. there. Yeah. So you came alone. I did come alone. Yes, I did. And it was a 6:15 meeting. Or yes, was it? it was. Yeah. In January, so it was dark. It, it was scary. You, 22 years old, walking down those steps. I know I keep saying this to the 79th Street Workshop by yourself on a cold January night. Well, I'm sorry, that takes like a ton of courage. Grandfather was with me, and that ha knowing that he was with me made it easier for me to walk down the stairs. So are you working the steps now? I am working the steps. And you're at, you're at four months. I am at four months. Yeah. So what what step are you on? I just finished. Step two. Uh, admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. That's step one. Yeah. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. In order to do step one with my sponsor, she asked me to write at least 20 ways my life was unmanageable. And as I was writing it, like just little things, I was it just became so clear to me like exactly how unmanageable my life really was. Because yeah. you think, like, you know, if you don't have this super low bottom and, you know, if you haven't been arrested and you haven't been in rehab and you ha don't have a DUI and any of those things, like, you're not, like, a real alcoholic, you know? But when you put it onto paper, all of the ways your life was unmanageable, it's like, yeah, nope, I'm definitely an alcoholic. Right? Yeah. That's the value of that exercise. That yep. I've, I've seen people do that and it's like, you know, list 20 things and... 45 minutes later, it's like 11 pages. And I guess for me, I, I substituted the word sustainable. Because like what I figured out at my bottom, which is very much like yours, like I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like I'm at the end. Yeah. You realize that your life, as you've been living it, is not sustainable. No. You just can't do it anymore. No. You're young, you're 22, and like you can't drink ever again. <laughs> so. Like, what's that like? 
And that first day that I came into the room, I went home and I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm 22, I'm never going to get ID'd again, and I'm never going to go to the bar again. And I loved the club. Like, I thought it was the most lavish thing ever. And I was like, I'm never going to go to the clubs again. But then I kept coming, and the clubs are overrated, and sobriety is much cooler. Socially? Like, do you feel pressure to only hang out with sober people? How, like, how does that work out? I definitely don't feel pressure to only hang out with sober people. I am open. I like hanging out with non-sober people, but my, my preference is to hang out with sober people. Because? Because people in the rooms are the best people you will ever meet in your entire life and it doesn't matter where you come from or where I come from or where the person sitting next to us in the rooms comes from. We all have different stories but we would all do anything for each other. Alright, so like, what do you do to replace alcohol in your life? Yeah, but I find my sober friends and we have fun. And also, I will say that I have replaced alcohol with so much sugar. Like, I <laughs> eat. It's not funny, Randy. What do you think about calling yourself an alcoholic? I am proud to be an alcoholic. But that, I think that's awesome. When I started this whole podcast, thing, mm-hmm. and I started telling people the title, yeah. and a lot of people are like, breakfast with an alcoholic? Like, alcoholic's kind of harsh. And I'm like, but that's the problem. Right. Like, it's a disease. It's what I am. So if you're going to tell me calling myself what I am is somehow shameful, I feel like we've identified part of the problem. Yes, no, and that's the thing, that's the first thing I'll say to people too is that I'm not ashamed to be an alcoholic. Like it takes a lot of courage for people to walk into the rooms as a whole. It takes a lot of courage to stay in the rooms. It takes a lot of courage to get up and share your story. Are you ready for the alcoholic lightning round? Yes, sir. Okay. You are aware that I was once a practicing lawyer. I am aware of that. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I like to tell people. It scared me a little bit, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. That's the desired effect. All right, we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Jesus. Whoever you need to talk to, (laughs) you feel free. Best travel advice for someone visiting New York City. Please walk fast and do not look up. But please walk fast. Please walk fast. Do you have your own Netflix account? I do. I'm say I'm tiny but surprised. Superpower if you had one. I would love the ability to read minds, but by choice. I don't want to have to read everybody's mind. Three words people would use to describe you. I think people would use willing. Very willing person. Um, I'm a very accepting person. One day they're going to make a movie, Breakfast with an Alcoholic. Who's going to play you in that movie? Mila Kunis. Only because we look alike. Well, that's the whole idea. Yeah. All right, a song that you like or were previously embarrassed to tell people. So I'm really embarrassed to admit that I am a huge country fan, and my one of my favorite songs is Something Like That by Tim McGraw. Great nice. song. Everybody should listen to it. All right, well, this was fantastic. You killed it on the lightning round. Thank you. And you are very welcome, but thank you for uh, doing this today. It was really great. Thank you for having me. It was really great. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed another edition of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I know I did. We'll be back next week with another great breakfast. And you know I'm already excited, not just because I love pancakes. I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's completely cool if you want to tell your friends about us. Go ahead and hit the share button right now. I'll wait. Cool. 
You can find the daily gratitude lists on Twitter and Instagram at thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share. And if you go to thanksforlettingmeshare.substack.com, you can find the daily gratitude lists, all the episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes for all the episodes, the official discography, and there's so much more. The really great news, you can subscribe right now for free. Or you can subscribe tomorrow for free too. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. You can say something in the comments or on Twitter or even send an old-fashioned email. And if you listen to this and think you might need help or just want to learn more, nyintergroup.org is a complete listing of AA resources here in New York. And there's one of those for every state and most countries. And you can always get in touch with us here and we'll do our best to point you in the right direction. So, be well, stay groovy, call your sponsor, and join us next week for another edition of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. <laughs>